Hi, everyone. The topic of this workshop is aging and recovery. My name is Charlene. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm also a relapse survivor, and I am one of the speakers for this workshop. The other two speakers are Margaret Ann and Lou. Let's start the meeting, please, with the serenity prayer. God, God grant me the grant serenity, me the serenity, serenity to, to accept the things, the things I, I cannot, cannot change, change. The, courage the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The workshop format is three speakers for 15 minutes each, and then the floor will be open for three minute shares. The audio, not video, from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. And this is very important. It is bold on my script here. If you share, you have given the consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Here is the Zoom info. Attendees are automatically muted. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around, having side conversations or eating. If you want to change your view settings, click on the view button on the top right of your screen. You may choose either gallery or speaker view. We ask you to rename yourself to first name and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also, please note that chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. The speakers will have 15 minutes each. We ask that you tell where you're from, how long you've been in OA, and your length of abstinence. Share no more than five minutes of your story and then speak to the topic. No outside issues. The timer will let us know when our timing cues are and when our time is finished. The, speak, the three speakers I would like to introduce actually, uh, I would like to introduce our first speaker, Lou. Thank you, Lou. Hi everyone, I'm Lou, Recovering Bulimic and Compulsive Overeater. Um, I first would like to thank everyone for showing up and everyone that put the convention together, all the service body, all the fellows, um, all the great work. So thank you and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Um, I am currently in Provincetown, Massachusetts, out on Cape Cod. Um, originally I'm from New York, you might hear it in my voice. I'm in recovery for 25 years of no purging, which is really a miracle how that happened. Um, I came into OA a very frightened, angry, boastful man um, in May the 28th in 1995. Um, I moved to Brooklyn at that time. I was living in Tribeca and the move pushed my bulimia off the charts. Um, and I was very fortunate that I had a business partner 
that walked walk me to a meeting down the block from me in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Um, I was frightened, as I said, and thought I had all the answers. But I came in and had two little angels, a food sponsor and a step sponsor that came up to me that night. And one said, and while my colleague could figure out was how to rename. Just rename. Um, one man said to me, call me in the morning and mention five foods you want to let go of. And at that time, um, I was eating a lot of sugar. Let's leave it at that. And my bulimia was off the charts. And I called him in the morning. I let go of sugar then. I've not had sugar for the last 25 years, which is a blessing. Don't know how it happens, but I know it happens because I do the steps, use the tools, um, go to meetings. Um, I'm gonna bounce a little bit around here in that my step sponsor had to deal with me because I had no faith whatsoever. The idea of developing a higher power was foreign to me. And it took me probably a year and a half, maybe longer, um, and I heard thundering lightning outside and I said, I could believe in that. So that was my first higher power. Um, but going back to the beginning, I remember how it was, man, that as a bulimic on my shoes, when I vomit in the street, um, boxes on the floor in the bedroom of food, having guards pulled by the bed. And this is war stories that I don't have that today. Um, today, I get up in the morning, I write my action partner. I read for today and Voices of Recovery, another piece of literature, and I write about it. And I write my actions for the day. Um, I have a co-sponsor relationship with a lovely person in my town where I come from. And I write her at the end of the day and I write down first, my 10 step emotions, however you want to call it, depending on my mood that day. I write down the tools I use each day, the food I ate for the day, and then a gratitude list. So starting my day with OA and ending with OA really helps me. Then I have multiple sponsees and they communicate with me many different ways. Um, some by email, some by text, some by phone. And all of us have different plans of eating. All of us have different faiths. And I'm okay with this. My first 10 years in recovery, I'm going ahead of myself here. I'll save that for later. Um, I had to learn that it wasn't the Lou, sorry, the Lou show. That I had to be open to different plans of eating, different faiths. And I didn't know that when I first came in. Um, so, the tools, I'll mention them briefly. Um, I write a lot. I write about everything. I do four steps on so many things. I've done the, the steps multiple times in the first Burgundy book, then the purple book and the green book, the big book way. Um, and each time I do it, I learn more about myself. I'm gonna move on to aging and recovery. That's enough of me. Um, the Problem for me is physical, emotional, and spiritual. Um, I see the physical is the one of my willingness to change my plan of eating through the years to help me as my physical health changes. The first 11 years, 
I weighed and measured no matter what. And still today I'm weighing and measuring, but it's not no matter what. I have some gray areas there. I become much more gentle with myself. As I mentioned, I didn't eat flour and sugar um, back then, no matter what. That has changed through the years because of my health. Um, I don't eat wheat now and white sugar, but that works for me. I choose to have three meals a day and two snacks. And again, all of this is just what works for me. And I really learned through sponsorship that everyone has to do what works for them. As I've gotten older, I've had to change my food. And even to the times that I eat, like I know when I came in, I was like say 43, I could eat early dinner, early at night. I can't do that today. You know, I also learned that when I came in, I had a 93 pound weight loss. And now I have this 10 pound swing, sometimes an eight pound swing or seven pound swing. And I don't feel like I lose my absence, but I know I'm just eating sexier meals. <laughs> and I need to change that for myself. Um, the next part of it was, I'm gonna bounce around a little bit, is my emotional recovery. My emotional recovery came from doing the steps. Um, that when I get to step six and seven, all the steps, but six and seven, especially for me, I learn about Lou. And I really have to let go of parts of myself. And that doesn't happen the first time around doing the steps. So when I see myself becoming impatient sometimes, I know I need to look at my part in this. And when I first came in there, I didn't have that. And I see today, because I'm working on my steps right now, I'm doing a fourth step again, that that's still with me sometimes. Even last night when I was out and someone was rude to me while I was driving, I wanted to tell this person off. And what would that have done to me? Nothing. When I pulled up next to them, I had to let that go. But I, I can still say 20 years ago when I came into recovery, I wouldn't have done that. I would have told that person off. And the only way I let go of that is having done the steps repeatedly over and over again. Um, the other aspect for me is my spiritual recovery. My spiritual recovery comes on many different levels. As I said to you, my first higher power was thunder and lightning. I had a final works for me, and that may not work for anybody else, but gave me a faith and something to believe in, because I needed something tangible. In our literature, it said the burning bush. I'm never gonna have the burning bush at my foot. It's not gonna happen. There's reality here that I need to develop what works for me. And over time, I had to learn that through the years. And today I have a loving higher power that I can relate to. Um, I'm gonna stop and I cannot see anybody who's timing me on my screen. So if you are, please let me know where you are because I can't tell how long I've talked or anything. Um, just let me know that. Um, so I was talking about spirituality because it's how it's aged through the years, how it's changed through the years that 
Today, my loving higher power comforts me, shows me the way. I try to listen and not to ask for things. When I'm writing, I don't say, hey, higher power, give me this today. It's not gonna work for me. Um, the other part, I'm gonna bounce around, go back to the physical. The physical part of the recovery comes sometimes with illness as I, as I have aged. Um, and some doctors want me to be a certain weight. Well, that may work for them. It's not gonna work for me. My body's comfortable at the way I am today. They may wanna be heavier, lighter, but that's okay for me. This is where I am today. Um, the part of recovery through the years is the repetition. Doing the same things each morning and each night helps my long-term recovery. Doing the same things over and over again that are healthy give me positive results. Um, Five minutes. Thank you very much. Um, the part that I've really going to go back to is the emotional spiritual. And I'm going to read the uh, step, step seven prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in my way of usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. The reason why I read you that for myself also, which I read as a sponsor, I need to be gentle with my new sponsees. I have two new sponsees um, that I've never met face to face only on Zoom because I qualified at a beginner's meeting. And one of them wants to create a program unto himself, but there's such willingness to change slowly over time. It's just 40 days. And I'm sure I was the same way when, the, when I came in. But I know I don't have all the answers. And my being open was a learned tool that I learned from OA. I didn't learn it on my OA. That I can set, accept everyone here for who they are and help them to the best of my ability. Um, then the service that showing up here, all of you, thank you. And my service, whether it be at meetings, intergroup, business meetings, I was on business meetings all this morning about what's going on, things going on Cape Cod uh, this morning. But that gives me money in the bank or recovery in the bank, however you want to call it. And that gives back. So giving back through the years has increased. And I know just by setting up the chairs when we had rooms, which I look forward to that someday, help me. And then the other thing is humility. My last thing is, I don't know if I have humility. I think it's something that's inside of me, but I try to be helpful and give back. And the more I give back to programming on the outside world, the better I feel with my recovery and what's going on around me. And I really thank you all for letting me share. Um, I wish you a great um, convention. There we go. Thank you very much, Lou. I appreciate it, as we all do, to hear the recovery you've had. Um, I guess I'll go next. My name is Charlene. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm also a relapse survivor. And uh, 
I identify myself as that because many years ago in the rooms, I heard someone who was speaking say that. And um, it was kind of like bells went off in my head. I uh, said, wow, that's, a, that's me. That's a good description of me. So I began, you know, when I announce or identify myself, I always say I am a relapse survivor because that was such a big part of my story. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I have been in program uh, a little over, uh, well, actually not in August, it was 40 years since my first meeting. And um, I came in uh, at that point just to have another diet. You know, I, I currently live in Massachusetts, uh, shout out to North Shore Intergroup. And, um, but I found this program 40 years ago in Florida. So if there's anyone on the line with us today from Florida, hi. <laughs> um, I was uh, overweight at the time. I was 192 pounds and I didn't think, you know, I was just overweight. I just needed to lose some weight until I went to a new doctor and he asked me, how long have you been obese? And he may as well slap me across the face as much as that hurt. So um, I, you know, I always get nervous before I speak, even after all these years. So there's a little prayer that I like to say that kind of helps me calm down and allow my highest power to speak through me. And um and just a little aside, I call my higher power sometimes Will. I heard that in the rooms. I gave him a name. His name is Willpower. So that when someone not in program says to me, wow, you have an amazing willpower, I can say I certainly do without going into too much detail. So whenever I speak, I do get a little nervous, but I always start by asking my higher power to please put the words in my mouth that I need to say today that might help another compulsive overeater. And the words I need to hear to help myself continue recovering. So I'll just take a deep breath and hope that that calmness comes over me. Um, let's see. Um, a little bit more about myself. As I said, I was 192 pounds when I came in. I needed to lose approximately 50 pounds. I, uh, after many years of trying everything else under the sun, I... Um, I, when he said to me, how long have you been obese? That wasn't easy to hear, but it was so true. And what does, uh, you know, somebody that, uh, oh, what's the word I want? What does an experienced dieter do when they hear that? You know, I searched out yet another weight loss program, you know, and uh, I, I just remember thinking there must be something out there that will work that will work longer than the end of the diet when I renew my license to eat again. And that's how my dieting history went. I would lose weight. I was great at dieting. I would lose weight with every plan and program and method out there. And uh, But when I got to that weight, that was my license, time to renew. you know. And I went out there and ate again. Well, in 1981, I had uh, in that first year in program, I should say that I did find program through a co-worker who uh, was losing weight when I was looking for another, you know, I just wanted to find that other 
way to lose weight. And I saw a coworker losing weight and she uh, shared program with me. I had never heard of it. So I said, sure, I haven't tried that one. Let me give that a shot. So I went, I attended my first meeting. I isolated in the back of the room and went about eating the way I heard people share how they were doing it. And I was thrilled to lose 50 pounds and be at a healthy body weight. But I learned that I was, wasn't abstinent that first year. I was dieting. <coughs> Excuse me. I was merely on a diet because I didn't surrender to the program and learn all that I could about the steps and the traditions and incorporate them into my life. And I guess at that point in my life, uh, when I was in my um, late 30s, I, uh, as I said, I came in in 1980, I was 35. So anybody can do the math. And I'm proud to say I'm going to be 75 in two months. So I'm not ashamed to say that anymore. Um, but I think when I had lost that 50 pounds and it was just another diet that first year, I wasn't working the program. And then circumstances uh, took me back up to New England. As I said, I found program in Florida and uh, circumstances brought me home to the New England area. And at that point, I guess my higher power thought I needed a little bit more teaching you know, and I just needed to learn a little bit more about what my actual problem was. It wasn't what I was eating. It was definitely what was eating me. So um, I unfortunately picked up the bite after that first year, and it took me into an eight-year spiral, an eight-year relapse. And in 1989, uh, by, the, by that point in those eight years, I had... Uh, you know, what did I do during those eight years besides eat and feel the pain and the remorse? And I suffered a weight gain of 90 pounds. So I gained everything back plus, almost double. And I reached my top weight of 240 pounds. Um, at that point, uh, I had a medical issue come up and I had an awakening, you know, uh, so uh, I used to say fast forward to 1989, but really it was slow forward to 1989 because those eight years of relapse were hell. I am not advocating for relapse, believe me. Uh, I would never want to go back there, thank you God, not today anyway. So I finally had this spiritual awakening and it told me I better straighten up and fly right or I would be dead if this behavior continued. I was given the gift of willingness and I began doing what the program and the big book tells us. I started working with a sponsor, attending more than one meeting a week and delving into the steps. And with a year, within a year, I was back at a healthy body weight of 142 pounds. And through the gift of this program and my higher power, I've been maintaining that weight since then. Um, I know this is aging on recovery, and I have certainly aged in this program. I may not have grown up because I like to keep that childlike hope and joy and laughter. And I love my meetings with the most laughter. Those are, those are really fun because as I heard in an earlier meeting today, if we can't laugh at ourselves, who can we laugh at? You know. So I'm glad that uh, we have that. And besides the big book says we are not a glum lot. You know, This disease is a killer. It is definitely, um, you know, something that uh, has taken a couple of friends, a couple of sponsees, 
And it it's just heartbreaking to see that. And sometimes I ask God, you know, my higher power is God, or otherwise known as Will, if you don't like that road, <laughs> that name. Uh, I sometimes ask him, why am I so blessed? And he tells me, because I'm crazy about you. And I heard that from someone in one of my meetings said, my higher power thinks is crazy about me. You know, so today I have a relationship with a higher power that has improved over these years to the fact that today I'm very active in my church, which I wasn't 40 years ago. I mean, I was practicing, but not really active. But uh, that's what this program has given me. It's not about the weight loss anymore. You know, it's about the joy, the serenity, the peace, the fellowship, being able to pass this on to someone else who may be out there struggling, whether you're a long timer, a newcomer, uh, you know, been in the rooms constantly, you know, and that I don't know if I said that previously, but that's one of the things I did right, you know, during that eight years of recovery. I mean, relapse, I'm sorry, eight years of relapse was I kept coming to the meetings. It may not have been every week. It may have been only twice a month, or maybe I'd even skip a month and try a, a weight loss um, exercise or something. But I kept coming back to these meetings. So if there's any message I can put out there today is to please keep coming back to the rooms, whether you're abstaining or not, you are welcome in this program. There's no requirements other than that desire to stop eating compulsively. And I thank my higher power that I've had that desire since 1989. Five and minutes. Thank you. And, um, you know, I, I wrote something uh, many, many years ago, and I just wanted to share on it a little bit. I was at a retreat that they had asked us to um, write our story. And the story kind of... Uh, I'll just go quickly over it, kind of ages me through the program. It's because uh, it's my life in recovery has been a journey of God, gifts, and gratitude. My, my life as I know it today began in 1989 when I accepted the gift of abstinence from my higher power. The gift was always there. I never untied the ribbons. OA has allowed me to untie the ribbons on all the gifts in my life and relieved me of 90 to 95 pounds of excess weight. These are just a few of the incredible gifts that I've received over these many years. My God, who is now my best friend, he's always there, always welcoming, always forgiving. My husband of 56 plus years, always loving and supportive. My mother, God bless her, being able to share her love and life until the end in 2011. My three children, giving me the most precious gift of love and respect. My five grandchildren, giving me the, there is no greater gift. God is showing me that life should go on through them and helping me to be example and teach them well. My family and friends. And as a little PS, I'm adding in there, I have three beautiful great granddaughters and that's, to use the term, the icing on the cake of this wonderful family that I'm blessed with. Uh, so I also have my family and friends, my program, my abstinence, my sponsor, especially, my fellowship. Without OA, I wouldn't have any of these gifts. 
none of them. And I read truly, I read somewhere and truly believe that complete surrender of my life to God is the foundation of serenity. I also read that there is surely no more exciting adventure or greater privilege than to continue working this program of recovery. I thank God for all the gifts in my life and I thank OA for teaching me how to untie the ribbons and to grow older gracefully. I've experienced everything that aging brings, the uh, surgeries, the illnesses, the uh, losses and deaths in the family, the uh, divorces. I mean, you can't go through life, I don't think, without experiencing life. And I wear a bracelet that says, life is tough, but so am I. And I'm, I owe that to program. I owe that to my higher power, my sponsor, my fellowship, and the ability to be able to sit here today and and just share a little bit of my story. And uh, for anybody that's known me all these years, you know, I can go on and on. So I'm so glad I have a timer and I'm sure I'm almost at the end of my share. So I just want to... Thank you. I just want to thank everyone that's attending this incredible convention. I retired five years ago and was so happy to get away from the computer. And today I love the computer because it's keeping me connected to my fellowship in this pandemic. And if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be. You know, I may not be able to get out the door of my house. So I am grateful and I thank you all for coming. And I look forward to the open sharing later. So thank you. And I would like to introduce our next speaker, Margaret Ann. Hi, everybody. Uh, so indeed, my name is Margaret Ann. My pronouns are she and hers. And I am a very grateful compulsive overeater as I uh, used to hear somebody qualify I'm a compulsive overeater. I used to eat compulsively. And pretty much every time I share, I will qualify by saying that I uh, came into Overeaters Anonymous in February of 1990 as 215 pounds of chain smoking suicidal fun. So things have changed. That's what I was like. What happened to change me was a story that I always like to share at this time of year. And it was my bottom. So. At this time of year in 1990, uh, it was coming up on Halloween. I had been attending meetings of OA for about eight months. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to mention my other program just to say that I had been in a 12-step fellowship since May of the previous year. And what was important was that once I was cleared of that other addiction, addictions, whatever. Uh, and bear in mind, I was still chain smoking. Okay. I mean, chain smoking. It was uh, more difficult to find places that you could smoke, but I was finding them. Um, once I'd been cleared of that other addiction though, um, I started to understand that I was not sober as long as I was eating the way I was eating. And so this is the story that I like to share. In my eight months coming to Overeaters Anonymous meetings, for one, I hated OA. Um, I didn't, you know, it wasn't the same as the other fellowship. It's not glamorous to be uh, 
an obese compulsive overeater and to have, you know, my, the thing that was really ruining my life being the fact that even when I wanted to stop eating, I couldn't, I was eating beyond behind my own back. Um, I had the usual binge foods, refined carbohydrates, but pretty much anything. So over those eight months, I had started to have little periods, a few days here and there, that my eating was changing. Uh, as I'd heard it said, you know, a head full of uh, OA and a belly full of food don't mix. So I was eating less in, sh in, in, in terms of sheer tonnage. So at this time of year, this is when you go into the stores and you find that cheap stuff in three pound bags. Halloween. I was living on the third floor of a, of a house and the landlady who, owned, who lived on the first floor, her kids lived on the second floor, had put out a, a big bowl on the, in the landing, in the foyer of the first floor. So it's late at night. It's probably after 10 o'clock and I'm in bed. But I know that that bowl is downstairs and I know it's calling my name. And I tiptoe down the stairs and I take two or three and I go back upstairs. You know, the little ones. And I eat them. That's going to be it. Until I go back downstairs and I get just two or three more. This is it though. I'm not going to come back down. So there I am. I'm in my flannel nightgown. And you know, of course, uh, that the following day there was a noticeable change. Uh, we'd gotten very few trick-or-treaters. There was a noticeable change in the level of the candy in that bowl. And there was a noticeable change in the little wrappers that were surrounding my flannel covered body in that bed. And I remember lying there looking out over the expanse of that flannel covered body with the wrappers around me, knowing that I was about to go back downstairs again and hating myself. If that's not spiritual bankruptcy, I don't know what is. Now I was at this point um, in this process of transformation and getting clean. Um, and I was also in a process of seeing that food was actually mind altering, that I was not clear and clean. And I had started working the steps and I began to see that I was going to have very limited progress and I was becoming desperate because if I kept eating the way I was eating, it wasn't going to work. So what happened next over the next couple of weeks was that it was coming up to what I call the triple barreled holiday season, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And I said, God, I know this is supposed to be a day at a time program, but if I don't get abstinent now, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I call November 15th of 1990, my abstinence date, um, because I didn't, I didn't know that my last binge was my last binge. Was it the 14th? Was it the 15th? Was it the 16th? I don't know, but I just know that sometime around Thanksgiving of 1990, I attended my intergroups uh, share which we had every year, started Wednesday night, went through uh, most of the day Thursday. I went there twice. I went there before the family dinner and I went there after in a state of absolute shock that the day seemed to be coming to a close and I had not eaten compulsively. I had taken to heart what I heard, which was another day for Thanksgiving is Thursday and that my food didn't need to be any different that day than um, the food plan that I was following. And the food plan I was following was just, I was kind of making it up as I went. It was not going to be, um, at that point I had a sponsor, she didn't tell me what to eat, but I started hearing what other people did and I started 
instead of comparing myself to what others did, I started being willing to try something new. And so that was the beginning of my time in abstinence. When I got the email <clears throat> saying that I had been selected to be on the panel Aging in Recovery, I figured there had to be a mistake. I was absolutely livid. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just shows that, um, you know, the fact is, I'd rather be aging in recovery than the alternative because the alternatives are dead and not in recovery. Now, but when I say not in recovery, I'm not talking about relapse because we just heard a really beautiful share as to how relapse has been the part of the recovery journey for a lot of us. I've always been drawn to relapse meetings because I hear there people articulating the kind of thinking that led them to take that first bite. And um, I don't want to be that person. So it helps to keep me honest to hear the experience of people who have relapsed. Um, at the same time, I have had nothing like uh, 30 years of perfect back-to-back -back anything. My food plan has changed a lot. I've made very, you know, I've made many bad decisions. Um, I've had, well, you know, as I've heard people say, the, diff the difference between a slip and a relapse is the slip, I turn, I open the refrigerator, I take a bite, I close the refrigerator door. Relapse is when I open the refrigerator door, I reach in and I pull up a chair. So thank you, God. Um, I have not had to return to compulsive eating. And so as a result, I've gotten older. I am 60 years old. I came into Overeaters Anonymous when I had just turned 30 or something like, yeah, I had just turned 30. And so that's, you know, in thinking about this topic and I didn't take extensive notes, I was actually, um, um, prior to this, I was in the entertainment because I was, I'm the entertainment chair for this convention. So there are three things that I wanna talk about about aging and recovery, physical, emotional, and spiritual. I'll talk about the emotional, the mental first, which is that in order to participate in the entertainment, when, uh, when we finally decided that we were going to let go of the hotel, I was like, phew, no DJ, no talent show. I guess I'm just going to tiptoe out of the room. And at that very meeting, Kimberly said, okay, Margaret Ann, what's the entertainment plan? And I was like, blah, blah. oh, I guess we're going to have entertainment. So the mental part is, I don't know about the rest of you, I can't remember anything anymore. My brain just doesn't work the way it used to. Kids, get the hell off my lawn. Um, as a service person, I've watched my attitudes just kind of contract um, and uh, become more closed-minded and things like that. Um, out in the world, it's difficult to keep up with all the new technologies, but because I'm in recovery, because I have this process of continually, when I find myself frustrated, you know, is it Zoom or is it me? Well, maybe I could read the instructions. And, you know, I gotta say, this has helped, helped to keep me young. I had to figure out, okay, do we stream them? Do we have live people? How do I mix this? Um, you know, so I was using Zoom, I was using YouTube, I was using Vimeo, I was using Real Play, Real Time Player, QuickTime, iMovie. Um, simultaneously with this convention, we're using uh, WhatsApp to uh, have communications behind the scenes. It's just like any other convention. What you can't see is the little committees 
convening out there in the lobby and having this frantic conversation. Oh my God, what's going on? That's what's happening on WhatsApp. I'm involved in another project, which is we're convening on Slack. So while this is all happening, I'm getting Slack notifications too. Um, I use uh, G Drive, I use Google Suite. I learned so many of these different skills in OA. I mean, over 30 years, think about all the technologies you've done. Five oh, minutes. Thank you. Recovery has helped to keep me young that way. Um, spiritually, uh, actually, I'll talk about the physical first. The previous speakers have already addressed a lot of uh, what's going on. Recently, I've had, uh, I've had the same nutritionist now for, um, yeah, about 20 years. And in pandemic, I don't know about you, but I'm home and I have more time to, you know, maybe cook wonderful things. And I'm not, uh, I used to be pretty physically active. I'm not walking at all. I'm still working out. I actually work out with a trainer. I'm very fortunate that I have the wherewithal to do that. Um, I still belong to my gym, so I do virtual workouts. I ride my bicycle. I walk. I, I was putting on weight. There's, you know, and no, the weights, the number on the scale is not while I'm here, but it is a very important indicator on the dashboard. There's the mental spiritual, emotional, and physical dashboards. And so I called my nutritionist and we had an appointment a couple of weeks ago. I'm scrupulously following everything that she told me because I can. Um, but it's because my body, uh, you know, I'm of Northern European extraction, a woman of my age past childbearing, you know, there's something in my DNA that says, okay, you're about to get, you know, once the cold weather starts, you're gonna be put out of the hut and so we're going to learn how to keep your body going on two potatoes a month. So that's what I'm, you know, genetically programmed for. So I have to, um, no, not exactly that, but I need help. I need guidance. I need professional help. Um, so part of, part of that is that I need, I need the nutritional help. Um, I need also, I need to be physically active. It is really important. I have a lot of uh, orthopedic issues. I had a knee replacement. The other knee is crappy too. So working out is helping me to stay flexible. Um, I fell on a walk the other day and I really racked myself up. So I need, you know, I need strength and balance. I need core strength so that I'm less likely to fall. I need to be able to adjust the shower head, not die in the bathtub. And this program is what enables me to make an action plan to do that. And finally, what does it mean to be aging in recovery spiritually? Well, I don't know if you noticed that if you work the steps and you get older, you don't care that much about what people think of you anymore. Being, uh, being able to depend on an unfailing and infinite power greater than myself for guidance with small things. I ask my higher power for help with the tiniest things and that help always comes. Um, and so I'm less fearful and I'm less, um, I'm less uh, vulnerable, see the words, they don't come, to my fears of what other people think of me. I'm Two here minutes. to, thank you. I'm here to do as, as this power would have me do. Um, I am here as an agent of this infinite, so I set my own timer. Um, I'm here as an agent of that infinite power that I believe is of us all. And I'll just finally, there's a, a line in the OA 12 and 12. 
Um, and this works for me when I talk about what my, you know, my, my higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, over 30 years has evolved. It has evolved into something that I have absolutely no idea what it is. But at the end of step uh, 11 in the OA 12 and 12, it says, um, now as we encounter step 11, we are challenged to seek out more direct conscious contact with the ultimate source of that life-changing love. And for me, aging and recovery means an increasing ability to recover physically, to recover emotionally and mentally, and to find that source um, through, through you all. So thank you so much for allowing me to share today. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret Ann. It's great to hear you as always. Okay, I guess it's time now that we're going to be opening up the floor for three minute shares. I'm told that the chat is now open. To put, your, to put up your hand, please use the raised hand function. That's the little blue hand usually found at the bottom of the participants list if you're on your computer. If you need help, you can chat to a host. If you are calling in on a phone, please press star nine. The leader or the host will call on you. When it is your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal you when you have one minute left and then when time's up. And again, that's for three minute shares. Tell where you're from, how long you've been in OA, and a reminder that our traditions state that OA has not a, no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, re religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. And for those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is aging in recovery. The meeting is now open for sharing and I'll turn it over to the host. That's me. <laughs> Sorry. I've kind of just, can you hear me, Sure. Okay, good. Uh, I kind of jumped in here and I've only been trained on webinar, so I messed up. I'm really sorry. Um, I will just let me know in the chat if you um, can't restart your video because I shut you down and I will, I will send you a little message that says, restart and you can uh, click on that. Um, so I really apologize for that. Um, and um, I'm just going through and, and uh, asking people, Susan. Okay, great, thank you. Um, oh, start my video. Sorry about that. Be good if you could see me, right? Sorry. Um, anyway, so I'm just gonna clear this. So uh, the first person to raise their hand for a share uh, is Paula. Um, so I'm gonna ask you un unmute. Bonjour. There you go. And hello. 
my name is Paula. I'm a compulsive overeater, food addict, and relapse survivor. And uh, thank you, uh, panelists, for your shares. Um, I started OA when I was 26, and now I'm 56. So I've been in program for 30 years. Um, I've been sugar-free since February of 2012. Um, and one, one thing I wanted to, a couple of things I wanted to share was, you know, I, I had a, a specific food plan when I was in my 20s and I needed to change it as I got older twice. Um, and it was really hard to let go of that original food plan. Um, it was vegetarian and that was very important to me at that time. Um, but due to health issues, I needed to change that. Um, but I did it because uh, I was willing to go to any lengths for my recovery. Also, you know, I, I have, I think all of my friends have trouble sleeping and getting to sleep and staying asleep. And for the most part, I don't. And I, I think that's all due to recovery. I think working the steps, you know, I have the inner peace with myself and the decisions I've made and I've made amends. Um, so I don't really struggle with sleep and I'm very, very grateful for the health that I have. Um, one thing that's been a challenge is that I've experienced several sudden and unexpected life-changing experiences, most of them related to um, growing older. And so spiritually I've become more agnostic um, in the last few years. And um, but I keep coming back. One minute. Thank you. I keep coming back. Um, I've seen several of my, most of my friends have left OA. I'm, I uh, live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and I don't see them and I don't hear from them. And um, I miss them very much. They're a big part of my support. And that's, that's been a challenge. But I, I keep coming back because I know that I, truly, honestly, I am a compulsive overeater and food addict. And I know from experience and that this, when I work this program, it works and um, one day at a time. And I hope I continue to come back and um, thank you all. I couldn't do this alone. Thank you, Paula. Our next person to share is Monica. Hi, everyone. I'm Monica, compulsive overeater. I'm from Nassau, Long Island, Nassau OA. And hi, everyone from Nassau OA. Uh, this, I've been to several conventions and they're all so great, but this is really unusual. It's amazing. I came to OA in 1974, right after I got out of college. I was so crazy and I used to starve myself and binge all the time. My girlfriend said, listen, I have a program for you. Well, from then till now has not been linear. I heard somebody say that at a meeting. It's not a straight line, believe me. It's been tough, but I never binged again. And I never really, I mean, I may have slipped and slide, but I never left program completely. Uh, 
there's like four fa phases in my, um, my recovery. The first one was like gray sheet and I was skinny and I was beautiful and I could go to any nightclub and have a good time. And then I got married. So, you know, that was phase two. And that was very difficult, all the demands of marriage. Uh, phase three, um, I went back to program and um, I really cried for about a decade. You know, everything was, everyone would cry and they would get up and share. And I just loved it because it was my second home. You know, that welcome home, that was my home in Merrick, Long Island. I'll never forget it. But then we had 9-11 and we lost the place where we would meet and I never recovered. I was like a lost sheep. Everyone scattered all over the island and I really had a difficult time finding a place. But then I did find a place in Oceanside and I've been there since. And what I came to believe is I never did a step four. I had to work my steps. Unbelievable. And at One this minute, point, please. Okay, Roz, thank you. Um, what I had to do was not only work the steps, I worked it several times, you know, with the workbook. But all of a sudden now, I'm almost turning 70. And this is the program, 70, I can't believe it. I'm not that person who could do all of the things, ride my bicycle, dance, everything. I have arthritis now, I have this. And the hardest thing is when you start losing people in your life, you lose your best friends, you lose your parents, you know, you're losing children. Oh, it's just too much. And my best friend. So what I've done is, and I'm going to cut it short, is the principles are the most important thing in my life. All you have to do is turn to the principles. And my favorite principle is faith. I'm a devout Catholic, but I have faith now that I've never had before. I have humility. Of course, I'm humble because I don't look the same anymore. You know, it's so hard. We're in a culture that we have to look a certain way. I don't look the same anymore. And the primary thing about program is acceptance. Gentle reminder. Okay, and I'll leave on acceptance because that's what it's all about. When you're aging, you have to accept. Thank God I'm aging because I'm here. Thanks, Monica. You're welcome. All right. Um, our next person to share. Oh, and I'm just going to take a moment to clarify again. I made a mistake by shutting everybody's video down. I apologize. If you want your video on and you can't put it on, please just put a message in the chat and I will send you um, a request to turn your video back on. Okay, Mark, Mark, if you could share, please. Hi everyone, I'm Mark. I'm a compulsive reader and a food addict. I live in Natick, Massachusetts. We're in Metro West Boston, member of Metro West Intergroup and Mass Bay Intergroup. Uh, welcome everybody on board here. I've been in program since 1983. Uh, I came in at a very, very young man. Uh, program OA recovery has saved my life, has given me a life. Uh, a life second to none. I can share all the experiences I've had in these calls that some of my best friends I have today are program friends. Uh, I know there's a fellowship and a network of people 
Uh, I attend phone meetings across the country. Now we're on Zoom. Um, I do miss face-to-face -face meetings. Um, and I thank my higher power every day for the technology that we have. Uh, where would we be right now with this pandemic without the electronics? When I first came in, we used to have coffee and tea breaks and raffles. Uh, and I'm just really grateful for my journey. I'm 58. Uh, I can echo exactly what uh, three speakers spoke about today. Um, I've had to make a lot of adjustments in my food plan. My activity level, I am very, very active. But again, as I'm aging, my metabolism is changing. And so I work along with a food sponsor on that. What's really helped me out a lot has been working through the steps. Uh, I've been through the step study process and I'm doing a spiritual tune-up right now with my big book sponsor. And again, here I am and I'm still learning a lot about myself, learning a lot about my past. One minute, uh, please. And I'm just really blessed that, you know, this program is here. I'll end on this. One of the greatest things I ever got was in 1997, being at the World Convention in New York City and seeing the founders panel of Roseanne, A.G., Bernice, and Ethel G. on board. And uh, since that time, we've, we've lost many of them, the people that started this program. But the spirit of this program is very, very alive today. And I'm very, very grateful for my recovery. And I'm grateful for listening to what everyone else is sharing here today. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Um, Michelle Z in New York City. Hi, everybody. Bonjour. I'm Michelle in New York City. <clears throat> I've been in a way. I have kept coming back since, 19, since May of 1973 by the grace of my higher power. And if I didn't keep coming back, I know that if I was still alive, I would be morbidly obese and in a wheelchair because I have a lot of joint problems and such. <clears throat> so on that topic, because it was mentioned before, I, I, I'm, or maybe it wasn't, I, I've had a couple of replacements and have been abstinent in in the hospital and in the rehabs. I have been abstinent on cruise ships and at meetings in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm just so grateful that I have kept coming back. Um, and um, I relate to a lot of what other people aging and recovery have talked about. And I know that um, I would like to be a little more active. Um, I have a, 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 a hmm. I have uh, a problem, a consideration or whatever. When I first came in, I did a lot, a lot of writing and um, it was extremely helpful to me. And uh, because I keep everything, I have many, many bags of notebooks and um, journals. And I, I think some of that prevents me from doing a lot of writing now. I do a little, I do step work, but I don't do a lot of writing. 
because I'm afraid that um, people who uh, clean out my apartment after I'm gone are going to find my my writings and oh my god what are they going to think and on the other hand one I minute say, please thank you on the other hand i say well higher power it's all into higher powers hands they're not going to read my writing maybe one day i'll read it and write my book um but i find that that kind of weighs on me uh, at this time and and keeps me from journaling even though i am doing step work um, I'm very grateful to be here. I've been to many, many conventions all the way back at the Concord Hotel and, um, and World Service conventions. I'm very grateful to be in a way that I, kept, I have kept coming back. And here I am learning new technology, as somebody else said before. Thank you very much. I pass. Thanks, Michelle. Um, the next person to share is Lee from Massachusetts. Hi, I'm Lee, Compulsible Reader. So good to be on um, aging. Um, I'm a relapse survivor. I've been in program 36 years. I had 13 years back to back. And then I relapsed and spent many years trying to chase it again. But I wanted to say uh, since 2012, I've had um, both knee replacements, both hips replaced. In 2018, I had a knee and hip on the same leg done within the year. So um, when I first lost weight in program, part of it was I was on a very rigid food plan, which I would never go back to again. But I also did exercise of, I love to bike, I love to walk, speed walk. And I love to swim laps. And I used to do all those three things. Well, now it's a situation where even though the limbs have been fixed, I have major back issues. So I can't walk too far that I'm not starting to feel pain. I can't bike because I'm afraid my balance, I think I could balance riding the bike, but stopping, I think I might tip over. And, um, the swimming, <laughs> I need shoulder replacement, so I can't do lap swimming anymore. So the three things that I loved, I can't do. One but minute, please. Thank you. What I've learned in this program is not to look at what I can't do, but to look at what I can do. So one of the things that I found that I can do and I've been trying to put into place lately, when I'm watching TV at night, Whenever a food commercial or any commercial comes on, and there's tons of them, I stand up and I start either marching in place or I start marching around my room. And it's amazing how much exercise doing that because there's a lot of commercials. And the other thing I'm going to do for myself this spring is I'm getting a tricycle, an adult tricycle bike. And someone said, when you age, you don't care anymore what people think about you. I don't care if people will see the old lady on the trike bike, you know, biking along. I know it'll be good for me and I won't have the fear of falling over on it. So there's always this program. Gentle reminder. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, Anne B is the next person to share. 
Hello. And be compulsive overeater. Um, and I'm sitting here and trying to find the right. And we, you're creating a lot of static there. Moving or moving into another position. I didn't know I was about to be called on. Um, so I, uh, I think should be quieter now. Do you want me to, I could turn off the dehumidifier. Is that making noise? No, it's fine now that you're not moving anymore. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I've been sitting here and falling into like my bad, I I've been in program 16 years absent from the start. Um, I live in uh, Westchester County, New York, and I, you know, I find myself sitting here falling into my bad old thinking of nobody likes me. I shouldn't say anything. And then I, and um, people have been attacking me recently and I, I uh, were doing service and I, and then I remember that saying, you know, if you didn't share, you weren't there. And so I, I realized I have to raise my hand. Um, I, I have newly, I find with respect to aging, newly found myself willing to eat a little bit occasionally because I don't need as many calories as I used to need. And that's, that's a big step. That, that's been a really hard adjustment for me as a compulsive overeater to have given up so much food at the beginning and now to have to give up more food. Um, but I, the willingness has started to come. So I'm grateful for that. 30 seconds. Thank you. And I, um, and I, you know, I do find, you know, in the big book, they talk about having changed to uh, not be recognizable. And I don't recognize myself. I have become an artist, which is something that never occurred to me in my past life. Um, and I, you know, this is, this is, this program is. Gentle reminder. Thank you. Thanks, Anne. Uh, the next person to share is Marilyn from Montreal. Yes, hello. It's just so nice. I just did Marilyn, food addict, the both of over under eater. Uh, volume addict, and um, I love what one of the speakers was talking about, but I, oh, we love Survivor, that's for sure. Um, and I've been in a way, I think I have my thing here, but of course now I can't find it. But I think it's been since 19, yeah, 1978, and it's actually, I came in, I think the weekend after the Canadian Thanksgiving, which is like a week ago, so it actually was my, my OA, anniversary of coming into program and I've been abstinent since uh, April 1993 and um, I've been to many conventions and this year I mean I would have loved to drive down to Boston and do some cross-border shopping but it was not to be but this is just so amazing to be able to and to see people that I haven't seen in such a long time um, the people who keep on coming back to meetings like me and uh coming back to conventions and hearing people share, and it's just so great. Yeah, so, you know, the topic tonight, today, this afternoon is, uh, you know, aging for me is the pits, recovery is just a miracle. And I'm just so grateful in aging to have recovery because things, um, you know, things certainly get more challenging. Well, for me anyways, 
things have become more challenging physically, um, emotionally. I feel much more vulnerable physically and emotionally. And um, somebody once said to me at a meeting, you know, you've been in so long, abstinent so long, you must have it made. And I thought, no way. It's, uh, I'm always reminded it's absolutely a day at a time. And in the morning, I start anew. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I feel much more vulnerable um, physically and, and mentally. And um, Gentle reminder. Okay, thank you. Um, anyway, so I'm just so grateful for program um, because it keeps me on balance and keeping, you know, I have my sponsor, I have all my, I talk about my addictive voice that talks to me in my head and I hear my recovery voice in response and it's my sponsor. It's, you know, I hear your voices, the people that I've heard over the years, different things. I remember things that I've heard keynote speakers from years ago. I can picture them and things that they said that mean so much to me still after all these years. So um, yeah, keep coming back. Anybody's just starting. It really, and they say, you know, keep coming back till the miracle happens. And that certainly was true for me. So thank you all for, for tuning in and being here in these challenging times. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. We end at 2.15. And uh, so we're going to cut it down to uh, 1 minute 30 seconds. And hope, you know, it's 2.09 now. Thanks. Okay, uh, we're not going to be able to get to everybody, I'm afraid. Um, Janie from New York City is not. Oh, great. Um, I, I really feel that my name is Janie. I am from Queens, New York. And I really feel at home at this meeting because maybe the age, you know, we all have a similar, uh, not a story, but experiences. And I came in in 1978. And I can't believe I'm I am still here. And I'm so glad I am still here. And I related to the speaker who talked about how now I'm doing more now uh, with the electronics, and, you know, with a, a job that's challenging. Uh, on a part-time basis, but it has expanded my life. And I don't think I would have been there without my abstinence, without my recovery, without my higher power, without all the, the wonderful people in the program for support. Um, <clears throat> and I'm a relapse survivor. I relapsed many times, but I, I've been on maintenance for over five years now and still learning. And that's what it's about still learning and uh, it keeps me young and keeps me moving and uh, just very 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 grateful and proud to be here thanks thank you thanks Janie Glandy from New York Brooklyn hi I'm Glandy the compulsive overeater um oh. Very grateful for this meeting for the top topic of ageism. Um, I came into program in 1975, and I've been consistently coming to meetings since then. Um, I'm grateful, especially during this pandemic, to to have this recovery fellowship um, to be of service. Um, I'm happy to 
hear people talk about challenges that they've gone through. I've seen that double B replacement, but yet I'm part of a dance group. I do yoga twice a week. Uh, uh, I'm doing a salsa class online. Uh, I'm doing a Zumba class online. Uh, I am moving, and uh, but still I feel a level of isolation um, as I'm single, um, and I just make myself go out and do, you know, walk or tours and whatnot. Uh, and I'm grateful because uh, I'm retired. I'm a retired teacher, uh, and I'm grateful that this program has told me there are always options besides going to the food. Um, and it is a day-at-a-time program. And it took me a long time to, to get to abstinence. And so I say to anyone who's new or coming back that, you know, just sit in the seat, play in your seat, uh, and listen. Because uh, that's what I did for a number of years before the miracle took hold. And uh, so I am grateful. Gentle for reminder. Thank you. And I thank all the speakers for what you shared. I pass. Okay. Um, Megan P has asked to share. She's not able to put her hand up. So, hi, I'm Megan. I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater in New York, and uh, I'm just delighted to be here to see everybody. I'm the screen monitor. I'm very happy to co-host, and I'm excited to be abstinent today. Um, I'm in OA 43 years. I joined after some of the other people. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me at least 14 years to get abstinent. So I just encourage, you know, like the keep coming back message. And um, in addition, I wanted to say the types of things that I'm doing now. In terms of program, I sponsor two people. I am in a big book study. I have just finished the steps only for the second time in 43 years. So it's good to hear that how much work the early uh, first speaker does to, you know, the morning routines the uh, all the step work that people have done so i'll keep doing that and uh, i have found that um, being in oa for a long time that my food has changed i i need less food i'm happy about that i weigh and measure my food um i um i um i just took a two-hour belly dance lesson from cairo on zoom and uh, I take a lesson, one hour lesson every single week. I was taking two a week. I uh, started high intensity interval training on the web. Uh, and uh, I do stretching and stuff like that to sh stay in shape. I, I really have to work at it being older. And I do. I really want to belly dance. And in order to do that, I have to exercise and be abstinent because I have to really look good, you know. <laughs> and um, that's a reminder. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I'm really sorry that we weren't able to get to everybody who wanted to share. Um, but uh, our time is up and it's important for us to take our breaks and get up and walk around and use the bathroom and whatever. <laughs> so thank you everyone for being here. Um, let's close the meeting with the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity. 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 Grant me the